For me, my like defining game that I will like always, always look back on is when we played Baylor. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. when when they were Baylor. Yeah, when like, Alyssa, Queen, <laughs> Dijonay, they were good. And Coach Mulkey was there. Mm-hmm. So we play them and we get beat pretty bad. But I remember after the game, like Didi Richards fist bumps me. And she's like, good job, baby girl. I'm like shaking fist bumping like- you. Like to see like those girls. I was like, you, I watch you all the time. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. Like to play against like those girls, it, it's like, that's who you want to be. Mm-hmm. And that's the position that you want to be in. Like, I think they were a one seed and mm-hmm. they were just like coming in and grilling people like cooking. Yep. And it's kind of funny because you look back, well, you look forward and junior year, that was us. Exactly. One seed. Mm-hmm. We're out here like cooking, like we're having like the time of our lives. And I yeah. think, I don't know, like full circle stuff. Like it gives yeah. me goosebumps, like thinking about it, like. Baby Georgia freshman year would have never, ever imagined any of this happening. Like to be in a Final Four, like the full circle stuff is so cool to think about. Welcome back to Sometimes I Hoop. Today, we've got a hooper from Down Under on the pod. Quick humble brag, MVP of last year's ACC tournament, led Virginia Tech to their first ever Final Four appearance, second in assists in the NCAA, over 1,600 career points. None other than one of my favorite players in the game right now, Georgia A. Moore. Thanks for hopping on the pod. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you here. It's been so long since I've seen you. Well, that, and when you texted me, I was freaking out. So I'm an Instagram (laughs) DM, sorry. But still, I was freaking out. (laughs) So last year, your hype song was Talk That Talk by Rihanna. So if you have a song that represents now you in your old head senior year, what would it be? Mm. Well... Do you mean like by title or like a song that like I've been listening to? Because Talk That Talk was a song I was listening to. Oh, it could be either one. You could give me both. Honestly, I would probably say Work by Iggy Azalea because no money, no family, 16 in the middle of Miami. Like she left wow. for the States Not when she was young. Iggy, yep, Iggy. Her. Iggy, Iggy, too biggy. That or honestly, <laughs> we've been listening to a lot of Love The Way You Lie, Eminem. Ooh. Pre-game to kind of get in the... Uh, butthurt mood I feel like I play better when I'm butthurt oh okay I like that a lot honestly the Iggy was not something I expected but I am a big fan really yeah I I like it a lot but you know we'll just jump into things across the current (laughs) basketball landscape after talking about Iggy Iggy which I haven't talked about in years so you guys just came off a huge win at NC State who was ranked third overall 12 points, 10 assists, double-double. You're currently averaging 18-8, and eight, which is wild. But talk to me about that big win against NC State. Every time we play State, it's just a really good game. Yeah. Um, because of like the way that ACC tournament works and all of that, Like we mm-hmm. end up playing them two or three times a year and oh, wow. very familiar with them and their coach and I don't know just the way they play so we knew that we needed it too because they were number three in the nation and you know the first game we had we beat them on the buzzer mm-hmm. and honestly we probably didn't play well like that first game which is like crazy to say because we upset the yeah whatever but we knew like this time to like just come in and and have the utmost confidence and I think we all did and we all played a really really good like all-round game yeah I mean it looked like you guys were hitting on all cylinders that game the chemistry was there (laughs) always between you as Liz but I think everybody was really locking in which was really exciting to watch but we definitely saw all over Twitter coach hitting some dancers in the locker room tell me about his energy because he looks like he's always high energy (laughs) whether it's like the social media clips you see or him on the sidelines talk to me a little bit about his vibes in the best way, I respect him, like, as a coach, like, his word is, like, mm-hmm. Bible, and I think, like, he's truly transformed me to who I am, but, like, he has a side to him that's, like, a dad side, uh-huh, and he's, uh-huh. like, he's, like, he can get, like, vulnerable, and it's just, like, good for, like, 
communicating and chemistry and stuff like yeah. that. Like he's not like hard to approach and he's not like just the head coach. Um, mm-hmm. So that like helps with us. And like he does stuff like that and he'll be dancing in practice and <laughs> like we'll be warming up and he'll be off in his own little world on the sideline rapping oh, or something that. like that. Like he is very good with just being like personable. Um, yeah. If he doesn't seem human, then it's hard to have that connection. For sure. And I feel like it definitely sets the culture that he's created at Virginia Tech. Like it looks like when you guys play, you're having fun and it definitely starts at the head with somebody like him. And if you look on the sideline during the games too, like he's celebrating. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. He's into it. He loves it. But yeah, he's as lit. you said, chemistry. <laughs> chemistry, chemistry all the time. But right now you guys are in first in the conference, but it's a really close race. You got Louisville at two, Syracuse at three, six games left in conference play. So, and you guys have a crazy stretch coming up for your last six games. Talking about mm-hmm. Duke, Louisville, UNC, Notre Dame. So, you know, what is your mindset like trying to close out this home stretch, not only for ACC tournament rankings, but also heading into the March Madness, trying to get a top seed. Yeah, I think for me, the best thing about it is like we went eerily similar, like through the same situation last year. Like we mm-hmm. had a very tough end of year stretch and they were like last six out of seven games or something were against like great teams. But yeah. I think like learning from last year, carrying it to now, like it truly is one game at a time. Cause mm-hmm. like, if we look at our schedule, we can get so overwhelmed. Like not only do we have these great teams, but we have like Louisville and Notre Dame yeah. on the road. They're both really hard places to play at. It makes a difference. A huge difference. But in saying that, like there's such great opportunities for us to set ourselves up for March. And, you know, you wouldn't ask for anything else to have those great games to finish up. Like if it was easy, it'd be boring. Like I I love a good challenge and all those teams face like give us really big challenges, especially, you know, you play against Duke and UNC again. Like we had lost to Duke earlier in the year and UNC is always down to the last possession of the game. So Mm -hmm. definitely going to send out the seniors with a bang. (laughs) For sure. For sure. It's, It's really exciting. And I mean, you guys just recently played against Virginia, which was a sold out crowd. How fun. Talk to me about that rivalry atmosphere because it's something different. Like, you know, you get hyped up for a big game, somebody like a Duke, somebody like a Louisville, but like a rivalry, there's an extra edge to it. And in front of a sold out crowd, talk to me what that was like. Like, first of all, like the way we've been selling out our crowds has been insane. Like that just hasn't happened. And especially, you know, we used to sell out when we would bring ranked teams in the house Mm -hmm. because people wanted to watch the entity states. They wanted to watch the Louisvilles. They wanted to watch the Notre Dames. But now we're selling out like often. Because of Um, you guys now. It's a different culture there. Yeah. And like, that's the coolest part is like, I'm so grateful to be a part of that, like that change and the shift in the energy Mm -hmm. and you know, like the energy that the crowd brings, like in the games against UVA, obviously every person that goes to Virginia Tech probably hates UVA. It's just that friendly <laughs> rivalry. Yeah. Um, but like it it changes the whole complexity of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, as you said, you get up for big games, but rivalries, you get up extra, a bit extra. Yeah. And so does everyone else in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And it just changes everything. And it's it's really exciting. And we have one more chance at them at their place. And the coolest thing about that too is, our fan base for sure is going to travel down and yeah. create the same energy. And I think that's that's really dope. Yeah, that'll be sick. I didn't know you guys played again. That'll be fun. Cause it was it's like the last game of the season. Oh, that's how it should be. That'll be lit. <laughs> that'll be lit. And you talked a little bit about, you know, how deep the ACC is this year. Last year, however many teams. Right now, I believe there's five teams in the top 25. And then mm-hmm. next year, you're adding in Stanford and Cal. So with the ACC ever-changing and all these different conferences – I mean, how do you feel about the ACC is already pretty big, but now you're expanding to the West Coast. So, are you guys excited about bringing these new teams? It should be fun. I'm excited to watch it. 
No, it should be fun. But what we've talked about is kind of how unfair it is on the Cal teams. Yeah. Because, like, to, that's going to travel. be a lot. Yeah. A lot. And honestly, like, I respect you because, like, no diss on Virginia Tech. I love it. But, like, educationally, <laughs> to go to Stanford and have to do all of that would just be actually insane. Yeah. Yeah. So It's a lot. But then also it's so cool. Yeah. Like, you get to go to school and you get to travel and it's just, like, new experiences. and For sure. Like, we don't get bored in conference play. There's always, like, challenges. But, like, mm-hmm. to add extra teams and a different style of play because I truly believe, like, East and West Coast just different. Very different. You go to any other state and everyone plays so differently. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how that's going to, like, kind of change. Like, what will adapt to what or Yeah. No, you're completely right. West Coast basketball is very different. But I'm excited. It'll be really cool. Just, like... How often does Stanford get to play Virginia Tech? Like you'd never see each other never. unless it's in a holiday tournament or the NCAA. So to see yeah. these cross-country rivalries form, I feel like will be really exciting for years to come. And even like outside of basketball, there's so many great teams. And I'm interested, like you talked about with the travel, like soccer carries a lot of girls and they may not always charter. So how does that yeah. look if you're going from Tallahassee, Florida State, coming up to see y'all, and then you're going mm-hmm. to Boston College, like... Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, you want me to do what? But also, like, I'm a huge women's soccer fan, so to Ooh. see Stanford play, yeah. like, Boston College or, like, Florida State yeah. or anything like that, that'd be, like, UNC, Stanford, UNC would go crazy regular yeah. season. No, I'm yeah, really no, I'm excited. I'm really yeah. excited. But talk to me about, talk about the prowess of the ACC. Talk to me about kind of, like, sleeper teams or sleeper players that you are really Ooh. impressed by this season. Because I feel like a lot of people have really come on the radar and upset somebody or had huge yeah. games that you just didn't expect. Sleeper teams. I mean, it's hard because, like, teams in the ACC have been, like, ranked and unranked. And I feel like yeah, everyone's yeah. jumping around. So I feel like at some point people have gotten their flowers. Mm-hmm. But, I like, it's always dangerous to play Syracuse. Yeah. I mean, Kamora Johnson's just for a freshman. Hooping. Hooping. She's really good. Yeah, she's really good. She's really good. And she has this, like, confidence to her that's just, yeah, she's just very steady for a freshman. Mm-hmm. And I applaud that for sure. But, I mean, even Florida State, like, they were so hot when, especially when we played them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But it, it, it's just, like, I don't know. It depends. Like, people are, get on runs. and But I would probably maybe say Syracuse. Yeah. I mean, Miss Fair is a bucket. Like, how are you supposed to that? 3,000 points, and she's not getting talked like as much as she probably should. I completely agree. Well, we were about to talk about our next thing we're about to get into is talking <laughs> about giving players their flowers who may not always be in that spotlight. So we can mm-hmm. start with Miss Fair because, like, I played her as a freshman when she was on Buffalo, and mm-hmm. we were, were in the same class. And so I remember... We're like going through the scout and, you know, you watch their highlight tape basically to get ready for it. And I'm over here watching her like, what are we doing? How are you supposed to? And then you play against her and it's that much faster. And it's not like there's only one piece to her game. She's a three-level scorer. And so you play Mm -hmm. her more than I do. So talk to me Mm -hmm. about having to deal with her and just how good she is. Yeah, especially when it comes to players like that. Like, you kind of have to take what you can. Like, we we knew we were not going to shut her down. We knew she was going to do incredible things. So it was trying to make her life as difficult as possible. Mm -hmm. Emphasis on trying. (laughs) Like, (laughs) someone like that, too. Like, you get so sucked in on watching her trying to produce a shot that she'll hit you with a pass that just Mm -hmm. is insane as well. Like, that's just, like, the, the levels to her and her game is as she's not just a scorer like she can score a ton of points but yeah. that's not just her game but just try and make yeah. it as difficult as possible and you know we have someone on our team Kayla King who who's very long a great defender and 
we put her in tough situations because she has to guard everyone's best players. But Mm -hmm. we also have to be, you know, in gaps and in positions to help Kayla because that's like a a tall task to ask. It is tiring. My gosh. You defend her. Like, I'd be in the gaps. I'll... I Same love the gap. the gap. I'm not trying to do no on ball prep. Yep. I'm I, yep. I'm a great gap girl. I'm gonna give you a little oh, I'll give you a little stun at you, a little sound something. But on ball, somebody else mm-hmm. go do your mm-hmm. work. I Switch. respect it. <laughs> Switch off ball. Oh, you stay with uh-huh. her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Um, yeah. but other players in ATC, we just talked about Florida State. Tanaya yes. Latson, a bucket. There's no doubt about it. talk to me about Tanaya Latson. Yeah, I mean, she plays at her pace and she she puts the pressure on you for sure mm-hmm. from the full 90 feet. You know, last year, I think, you know, she was getting attention and then she just continued on and, and she's great. And, you know, it just the style of play just suits her there at Florida State. Like when we played them, it was really hard to stop because they have three guards who are very, very aggressive. Yeah, yeah. You know, her, Bajetti and, and Gordon are just all very good at attacking. She's incredible. Like the freshmen and sophomores, like the people that are coming into like college basketball now are just yeah. like... So advancing at a rate that I just I get shocked at like I, I watch basketball now from a fan standpoint mm-hmm. I just sit back and just like, in wow yeah. no I, I completely agree and I think another person that I really love watching who I feel like maybe kind of similar to fair doesn't get like that national spotlight is Kiki Jefferson on Louisville I think mm-hmm. that she was a great pickup for them in the transfer portal mm-hmm. And I think she was at JMU before. She was at JMU, And I remember seeing on Twitter, just like randomly, like, Kiki Jefferson, 40 points. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, I think tournament time, I think their conference tournament, I think she shot something like borderline like 90 or 100% in one of the games. Yeah, because what? I remember seeing something about that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about how she's really added to Louisville this year. I mean, we play them this week, so I don't want to talk too much. Uh, Don't give away the scout. Don't Don't give away the scout. (laughs) It's no, okay. but it's just just the craftiness and and the three the three level scoring is just is so dangerous to guard, it's so dangerous to guard. That's all we'll get. It's okay. You you don't have to go deep. Um, <laughs> I got you. We'll protect the secrets. Um, we'll, we'll switch topics just for a few moments here to talk about some pop culture news that we're both big Beyonce fans, as we mm. should be. Queen B, talk to me about this like second half of the Renaissance. And we saw I saw her perform. I didn't see her. I watched on Twitter her like country music awards performance a few years ago, yeah. which was like. Country girl, purr. And she came with daddy messages and all these different things. And like, she's always touched on all these different genres. But how excited are you, Georgia, for this new album coming out? Like literally two weeks ago, I love like live music. So I was yeah. listening to her homecoming album. Like <gasps> the way so she like, good. the way she transitions, uh, sorry, into, um, <sighs> I'm about to pull I up the album. Believe right I can't believe I Oh my God. She's so good. Me, myself. <laughs> you pulling out the pipes. Bro. It's crazy. But that's but like, so I'm a right. Daddy lessons girl. Yeah. So if it's like anything to do with that, then. Mm. No, I agree because I feel like Lemonade was such an iconic album, right? And she has like the big songs that took off. But Daddy lessons for me was fire. And the other one that I really loved was, I think she did with Jack White, Freedom. Oh my God. Ooh. Ooh. A sleeper. Uh huh. All night, don't hurt yourself. All of like, yeah. So I can go on. many good songs. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm so excited. I could talk about Beyonce for forever, but I'm really excited for the second half of Renaissance. I feel like everybody who mm-hmm. bought their cowboy hats and boots for the first part of the tour, 
Repurpose uh-huh. them. Keep it going. I saw that on TikTok. <laughs> I, I'm on Beyonce TikTok. Ooh, wait, we, when we went to the final four in Dallas. We got cowboy hats. <gasps> oh my God, bedazzle it and go. Yeah, I've got the final four denim jacket and the final four cowboy hat. I might just need some boots. Okay, so if you yeah. could direct me. Yeah, okay. I don't I don't know. I think like boot barn's a thing. I, I don't know. I'll, I I'll live in Virginia. You'll be, be fine. <laughs> You'll be fine. But then moving into my new favorite segment of the show is going to be Haley's question of the day, because my favorite thing to do Ooh. is ask people hypotheticals and would you rathers. And okay. so I like, I'm really excited to ask you this question because I feel like you're going to give me a good response. So <laughs> what's the biggest animal you feel like you could be in a fist fight? Okay. And let me tell you, it's in their terrain, no weapons, purely fist fight. I'm going to give you my answer after because I don't want you to pick the same one as me. But what, what, what's the animal you could take? Am I like supposed to win or am yeah, I just like, going in? No, like you're winning. Like you're supposed to win and like give yourself some props Biggest here, animal. you know? Oh, their terrain. Yeah. Biggest animal. Don't sell I'm yourself gonna, short. I'm going to say like a panda. Wow. big. Okay. And how they're, would, what would be your plan of attack? I just like scope the scenery. Scope the scenery <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. All right. I would, I would too much. probably. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I feel like, cause if I ever got in like a position where I was like, okay, I'm fearful. Like he's attacking yeah. me. I can yeah. run because they're not that fast. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I would probably say panda cause they're pretty, unless you want to talk about a giraffe, but they can <gasps> That's be mine. fast. That's mine. Yeah. I could take a giraffe. I'm taking out the knees. I, yep. The knees. And yeah. like then I'd arcade with the neck. Like I'd, I'd go like flip this. it over. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I agree. We're on the same yep. wavelength here. And then mm-hmm. my next, would you rather would be, would you rather have teeth for hair or hair for teeth? Not, not you biting you know, over your chest <laughs> in the jaws. I would do teeth for hair. Ah, okay. Because I like to eat. Yeah. And I just feel like I can like feel my teeth all hours of the day. Like if my hair's up, I can't feel it. So it's like yeah. out of the way. I can but see I that. That's all right. interesting. It's a good question. It's a good question. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now we're going to move into your early basketball days. Growing up, is it is it Ballarat, Australia? Ba- Ballarat. Ballarat, Australia. Uh-huh. Love it. You first started playing basketball when you were five. And mm-hmm. I heard that they needed a sub and you only mm-hmm. had flip-flops. Is this a true story? Tell me about it. This is, this is a very true story. Um, and the first time I told this story in the States, so we call flip-flops thongs. Oh. So I'm, I'm, I'm telling this story and I'm like, yeah, I wore thongs my first game. And oh, they, were like, they didn't take that the right way. Uh huh. Flip flops. I was in flip flops. It was my cousin's game. They all fouled out. Not all of them, but enough okay. to have to drag someone from the stands. And yeah. you know, my cousin still plays in college. And like, really, she's been like my idol my whole oh, life. Wow. And you know, she was kind of the one that went to college. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like I definitely want to do that as well. But mm-hmm. my first game, I was five. Yep, wearing wow. flip flops. That's an amazing story. You went out there in some thongs and got busy. I love that for you. I love breaking that. Breaking ankles. You. Breaking ankles in your thongs. Okay. <laughs> but so you played Australian football, which mm-hmm. is this the AFL? Because Agnes, our mutual friend, made me watch the championship game last year and I was mm-hmm. hooked. Oh, so I Agnes and I go for the same team. Oh, Geelong. okay. Yes, yes, yes. So explain to the people, because whenever I say it, it's like football, soccer, rugby, 
drop kicking. There's a lot going yep. on, and it's amazing. So tell me about yep. Australian football. And I mean, were you like, were you as good at that as you are at basketball? <laughs> I loved footy. I, like I was seriously like, because at the time that I was in high school, like I chose between the two. Okay. So I was like basketball. Like at this point, there wasn't a league. Like it was developing, and like they're not honestly getting like paid enough or anything like that. It's more of like a, a summer side job. Okay. And I just knew that basketball was going to do more for me in the future. So I chose basketball, but I loved footy. It's, it's no pads. Uh, you tackle. Yeah. Like for me, like I loved it because like I can, I'm quick. So like, mm-hmm. as I said before, with the panda analogy, like I just evaded a lot of stuff because I was so quick, but you know, it puts miles on your legs for sure. Yeah. You run, you drop kick, you handball. It's it's a sport of its own for sure, but mm-hmm. it's fun to watch. It kind of scares me when I watch it. Yeah. Some like terrible hits happen and it's just like, oh. like. Well, yeah. Imagine us last year. We're watching it for the first time and like Agnes is yelling at the TV and we're just like, mm-hmm. this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my God. But, it's so fun. So you end up choosing basketball. Talk to me a little mm-hmm. bit about the basketball culture in Australia and how it may be different to what it is here. I mean, this is like the most respectful way Uh-oh. in like high school and stuff. Like we don't have highlight tapes. Like uh-huh. we don't get put on like pedestals. We don't get like, this is the next big thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I think in Australia, it's very like blue collar. Like there's no fluff about it. We're not going to gas you. It's you got so, it, like, you got it or, or not. That's it. Well, like I just have terrible, some really like hard memories of when yeah. I was like a kid. Like we would have like five hour days or like we would have to sleep on the court, like Saturday, Sunday camps mm-hmm. and I think, you know, like a lot of these coaches, they aren't paid, they're volunteers. So it's like, they don't, they don't have to be there. So they're not going to, you know, if you don't want to be there, then leave. Yeah. But I think like in terms of like mentality and being able to be coached hard, mm-hmm. I think that is something that Australians like can sometimes like be more in favor of compared to like youth American, yeah, like people. Yeah. And I think I've experienced that, like going through my years in college, like I'm grateful that I had the experiences I did because like the way that coach Brooks is able to get on me, like I, I'm not going to get my feelings hurt. I can separate tone and message for sure. Yeah. But I've definitely had some teammates that like really struggle with that or like mm-hmm. take things a little bit too personally. And that's nothing bad. It's, I think it really is just like some getting, taking some getting used to. In our youth days at home, it was very much like that. And I think if you asked Agnes the same question, she could attest to that because yeah. <laughs> it was tough. But I think also like we grow up, we play semi-pro. Mm-hmm. we don't really do high school basketball like you get thrown in with women from an early age and you know as I kind of mentioned before like these these girls are doing like a side job like they don't have to yeah. be there so if you're like fluffing around they're not going to put up with it well I'm talking to Agnes hearing just about how you don't do high school basketball you kind of like represent your cities if I'm not mistaken mm-hmm. so it already puts you it's like if you're elite, you are and you're playing mm-hmm. against the best all the time so talk to me about how that works because I think Agnes she doesn't get upset with me but she represented <laughs> Melbourne? Is that right? Wait, uh uh-oh, did she not? (laughs) She, well, yeah, she did. I get confused. There's so many teams. So like, like in the youth, I I represented like my city, which was Ballarat and she's from Geelong. So she, oh, Bella, Bella Marine. Yeah, yeah. Um, But like, as you kind of get older, you can do like WNBL stuff. So I think she might've done some stuff with like WNBL or played for, it gets really, really confusing. So you can start playing for the NBL before you even go pro and still keep your like amateur status as as long as you don't get paid so I never signed a contract okay that's interesting yeah but like I think the best part of that for me is like I I did some like development player stuff with like the Danny Long Rangers I Mm -hmm. think 
Melbourne Broomers and they definitely do not remember this, but I remember it because they were my idols. So like uh-huh. I'm you we're playing with like American imports. So like yeah. I'm practicing and Sophie Cunningham's there or I'm practicing and Kayla George is there or yeah. who else? Like Tiffany Mitchell was there at one point, uh Lindsay Allen, like mm-hmm. all these great players are like coming in and I was like definitely off on the sidelines, just like practicing, like watching them. Like I was yeah. not I was way too scared. But like that well and truly like set you up because you like watch a professional at work. For sure. It definitely gives you a different outlook as what it takes to get there, but also mm-hmm. being able to compete in I mean, I know even for me playing up, like you won't get beat. And it's a humbling experience, but it, it's you can take it two ways. You can take it and be like, oh my gosh, I suck. I don't want to play anymore. Or you can take it as a learning experience and be like, oh, yeah. like now I want to take this piece. Okay, she scored on me doing this. Now I'm going out into my bag. Like It's yeah. just different things like that. But uh-huh. seeing those people and professionals be there, talk to me about your youth experience playing for the Australian national team and kind of what that mm-hmm. culture of like, did you think about playing pro in Australia before you ever wanted to play in college because that decision is hard so talk yeah. to me about that yeah so I represented the youth national team U17s we went to India and then we went to Belarus and mm-hmm. obviously you went That's to right. Belarus too yeah, but. So you. <laughs> and I did three on three as well which is pretty cool but mm-hmm. you know kind of during that process like where we like do our practices and camps is like all at the center of excellence which is in Canberra mm-hmm. so you go there it's like it's a high competition like high High pressure intensity oh my gosh yes it's insane which once again I'm thankful I went through it because it very much has set me up for everything else but you go there and all the girls are like oh yeah I'm signing with this team like I'm a good pro like I'm gonna do this and I think I do think that the junior to college pathway in Australia is kind of like disjointed like you have to go and I think it might have changed now I'm not sure I've been like five years removed but definitely when I was there it was like pro Mm -hmm. so I had like one team that was like hey like we can probably get you like a spot and I I was really like the idea of going pro sounds so cool but I was like I I just knew that I wasn't good enough to be in a stable position Mm -hmm. when you get to that level it's you're in you're out like we're not just holding people it's a paycheck it's a salary now yeah it's a job so I was like if I go to college I'm gonna have four years stability for Mm -hmm. sure free education travel like the, like I look at this as my study abroad as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it's like for me there was like I love basketball and I just knew that later down the road like I can play pro and I, I will play pro like that's a dream of mine it was just like what am I going to do these for these four years yeah yeah and I spoke to mom about it and I was like I, I'm just unsure what exactly I want to do she was like if you go to college and you hate it you can always come back yeah like if you stay in Australia there's no, you can't just be like all right let me use my eligibility. Yeah, it's yeah, it's gone. Cause yeah. the the American rules, similar to Australia, is you know, once you go pro, you're pro. There's no going yeah. back. And so talk to me about the recruiting process. Because for here it's like, you know, we play travel ball, you play in front of the coaches, all this different stuff. But talking to Agnes a little bit, my only, you know, really insight into how you get recruited <laughs> as Australian is a lot of it is playing with the Australian national team or sending your film. So talk to me about your recruiting process, how you got in front of coaches, how it Mm -hmm. is with the time difference, getting on the phone, did you (laughs) take visits? What was all of that like? Yeah, so for me, like my recruiting was very low key. Like I didn't really have many schools reach out, um, Mm -hmm. which is fine. You don't need need that one to reach out. You just need that one. It's worked out for me very, very well. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Definitely national team helped. I got some interest, you know, some colleges like texting you. And as you said, you have to kind of send out film and Mm -hmm. 
But like I had to make my own like film tapes and sometimes just like never got a reply. Like I'll oh. say this right now because like Coach Brooks and I have like a lovely relationship and I've told him this story. Like my dream school was Syracuse. Oh, wow. And I like emailed them and I never heard back. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Like whatever. Like, oh, but <laughs> That's fine. Crying. Yeah. It's okay. So it's like I, I was just like shooting my shot at so many schools and just not getting a text back. Yeah. And then I was like fortunate enough to get picked for this like NBA Global Academy or something oh, like yeah, that. Oh yeah, like Basketball Without Borders, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh-huh. You were you there? No. Whoa, I was. I in was Tampa. there. I was there. Yes. Yeah. So I went to that and that's kind uh-huh. of where like Virginia Tech saw me and like that's like for sh- like that's for sure when I was like okay, like I I have schools like that actually want me now. Yeah. Like so that was like kind of like the deciding factor of like yes, I I have to be like I have a place I can go. Like, I will go to college. Yeah. But that's crazy. I just remember that. Because we did, like, three-on-three stuff there, too, didn't I, we? We were on the same team. I do recall. We had a... <laughs> yes, I remember. I also remember you from U17 when we played in Mints because we played... Oh, we didn't play in the scrim- tournament, but we had the scrimmage. Yeah, and we I remember... We had the scrimmage, and I'll say it. Sam Brunel coat-hanged me. I will never forget. I <laughs> <laughs> weak. That's crazy. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah, but no, yes, I but like that's so funny too because like when we played against y'all, we were like, oh my god, like these are like the team USA, bro. Like <laughs> these girls are. Cr-. I'm not even kidding. I wish I was kidding because your team was insane. Like you had Jordan Horston, you Paige, yes, yes, Az, yeah, the list Zaya just Cook, Aaliyah, Fran. Haley, Cam. The list was crazy because as I look back at that team, I have like a picture in my house. And I remember one of my friends came over and she saw the picture and she was like, to think that all of you guys and like where you are now, but then you also think about your team and it's like, now you have Izzy Palma at, not me saying Izzy Palma because of Agnes, yes. <laughs> Izzy, Izzy Palma at Utah, you had Agnes at GCU, like all of you guys are now also playing here as well or half you went pro because I know Jade is now pro as well. So it's so cool yeah. to think about like back then it's like, we're all freaking out. I'm trying to make the team. Am I even going to play anywhere? And now it's like you're all making it, which is so cool. Yeah, it's so cool. And it also just shows like everything plays out. Yeah. Like everyone's pathway is different, but it it will work out. It all works out. But Mm -hmm. talk to me a little bit more about why you chose Virginia Tech and what Mm -hmm. set that apart. Coach Brooks, was it the team? Why did you end up choosing VT? I don't really like to fluff around so like when it came to like like talking in Australia like texting coaches and stuff like that I could pretty much tell like who and who wasn't like actually invested so I like literally narrowed it down to two schools it was a small school and a bigger school obviously Virginia Tech being the bigger school the small school is where my cousin went to so I was like okay I have two options I can be on the west coast with my cousin enjoy life chilling have Mm -hmm. some like comfort or I can take the massive leap go completely east coast the furthest away I could possibly choose to a big school in a really, really good conference. Mm-hmm. And so I went on my visits and the first school was like, it was, it was exactly what I expected. And then we went to Virginia Tech and as soon as I got on campus, I was like, mm, yeah, this is nice. I kind of like this one. <laughs> <laughs> and then keep in mind, like coming from Australia, like you just see like college facilities and it's just next level. Like yeah. college facilities are better than some of our pro sports facilities. Wow. So it's like, I was just like completely blown away by everything. And like, as you mentioned before, like coach Brooks, he's just lit. Like yeah. he's like, they're so genuine. And he was like, 
I like I committed on spot in his office and as I like turned around to like walk out to go to the airport to like literally leave in the next 30 minutes he was like like we're gonna work and like that just like rung in my head yeah. and it's just like I I knew if I wanted to come to the states that like I'm going to get something out of it mm-hmm. like I'm gonna like push potential and like that was the perfect place to do it and they didn't like not that I was like looking at this but they didn't really like, have a point guard that was staying yeah. it was like everything kind of opened up he knew that, you know, he bought in Liz Kitley, Kayla King, mm-hmm. like Pete, like this was like the foundation, like the development of everything. And I think it, it's worked out pretty well. It has worked out pretty well. And we're going to dive yeah. on to that. But <laughs> tell me about your freshman year, because it kind of a unique start coming in in the spring, I believe. And then it also yeah. COVID. So what was mm-hmm. that process like? The move from Australia, Australia to Blacksburg is a big jump. Not only the travel, different culture. You're in Virginia. Like, what was that like, that change coming in the spring? Because it's also different because mm-hmm. usually freshmen come in in the summertime. So mm-hmm. how was that transition your freshman year? Yeah, so because our schooling is different in Australia. I graduated in, like, November. I was done with exams. And the opportunity kind of got presented to me by our assistant coach. And she's international. She's from Lithuania. And she okay. was like, hey, like, this might be a really good option for you because you can come here and practice and get some credits up, but you don't have to worry about playing Mm -hmm. it just kind of takes that added layer of stress off yeah and I like I was just so keen to come over so I was like yeah yeah, let's do it let's find out like (laughs) book me so I came over and it really did help me so much Mm -hmm. um because you have to learn so much like the way of living the way that you know southern the southern manners and like it's just like it's a complete different change of like culture and everything and I really had like a couple of weeks to to settle myself in and, and not worry about games or if I came in the summer I would have to worry about you know conditioning and mm-hmm. learning all the plays and all of that but I, I came in and I was a practice player so I was just like had free reign practicing I was like on the scout team and, and coach Brooks could kind of like peep at me and like keep things in the back of the mind to like mm-hmm. how he was going to like mold me yeah so that was the best decision I made to come over early for sure. But in saying that, you know, like freshman year, it, it is a struggle in itself. And I do think that a large portion of my like struggles freshman year was, you know, it was COVID and everything got shut down. And, mm-hmm. you know, I don't want to like be like selfish in saying this because everybody went through the same thing, but like I literally just couldn't go home. Yeah. So like for like the first initial like two weeks when like everything was canceled, like I didn't really know what to feel like you don't know if you're going to see your family again, how long mm-hmm. for, like, mm-hmm. am I going to go home? But then a part of me was like, if I go home, am I going to be stuck there? Like are yeah. my college basketball dreams gone? Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I'm going to stay in the States, ride it out because they were kind of toying with the idea of like bubbles or like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot. trying to like limit contact and all of that. And I was like, at least there's plans going on to kind of continue to like a semi normal life. And I'm like, also grateful that I stayed because at home, like they, they literally shut down everything. Like they were checking your driver's license to see if you were like in the radius. Yes. Yes. I remember hearing about all of this. You had to quarantine for like in a hotel when you got back, the whole thing. So like staying here had like a bit of normalcy to it. And I was still able to keep like basketball, the main thing, but it was hard. And it, it took me a minute to change my mindset. I think I was like letting myself be a little too miserable, which is, I don't ever like doing that, but as soon as I flipped my mindset, it helped me immensely. Yeah. It's a pretty crazy freshman year. Yeah. Well, you're completely right. It's a completely different experience that international students had because, you know, sure, first of all, it's a long flight to get back, but on mm-hmm. top of the already being quarantined, it's if you go, will you come back? And so yeah. I think that's a lot of, it's hard to grapple with because, you know, other kids, it was hard for sure. You had to go home, you're away from campus, but throwing away from your family, 
That's a lot. But I know that Liz Kitley took you in and, <laughs> you know, you guys became great friends. So talk to me about you build this bond with Liz and you guys are kind of that foundation that you talked about at Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. the two of you and Kayla. So yeah. how do you feel that relationship off the court really translated to that on-court bond? Because you guys being point guard center, on-ball screens, the offense runs through the two of you. And I think that chemistry, you can see it watching that you just know. And Kayla mm-hmm. too, she comes off the screen, you you're, you know where yeah. she is. And so mm-hmm. talk to me about you and Liz's bond, but also the three of you being the foundation mm-hmm. of Virginia Tech and what it has become. How does that chemistry kind of really come from your relationship off the court that you've connected? Yeah, so I was going to go home with them. They're both from Greensboro. So I was going to go home with them regardless for spring break when everything shut down. So mm-hmm. It was kind of like right place, right time. Like the Kitleys are so lovely. They took me in and I literally stayed there for like however long it was till we returned to campus. But during that time, like Liz's dad is a was a principal at a high school. So he had the, the keys to the gym. Oh. So me, Kayla and Liz would get in and we would just like work out. And like, that's just like the stuff that you don't see. Like we were yeah. just like doing drills and Kayla's dad, you know, he was a high school coach. So he was like taking us through drills and we've just like been through so many times together that it's like, it's, it's made us so close. And like, it's to the point where like, they are my sisters, like they will get on my nerves. (laughs) Like no one else, like no one else. But I, yeah. But like, I would defend them. I will love them to the day I die. Like we've just like had so many like cool experiences together, but foundation wise, like not to brag, I think we're very smart. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. like we, we really like, did everything that coach Brooks wanted. We like put out all of our trust and faith in him. And obviously his like plan has worked out very well, but in practices and individuals, like we're, we're doing stuff together. Like I, I know exactly where Kayla's going to be. I know exactly where Liz is going to be and their chemistry off court. We also lived together, the three mm-hmm. of us for a couple of years, but like we just knew how receptive each other were. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that helps like in the heat of the moment, like it, things can get out of hand or like you can like yell or something like that, but like neither of us take it personally. So like when you want to talk about like pick and roll situations, like, yeah, it looks pretty, but like sometimes we'll have a play and I might bounce it to Liz and, and she hits the shot and it looks like, oh great. Like we hit a shot. She'll come back. She'll like jog down and be like, Hey, like next time I need that ball closer to me. Yeah. Or yeah. like next time, like, like it's just. I don't get butthurt about it because I know for for us to win, I have to do as much as I can to make her life easier. She gets double and triple teamed and literally clocked in the head so many times a game that I'm like, okay, like whatever I have to do, I will do it. Yeah. Kayla's instance, like she's such a great shooter that she demands so much attention that it's like, it is my job to get the ball exactly where she needs it. Mm-hmm. Like any anywhere else, like I've thrown her off and like that's completely my bad. So it's like, we just have an understanding that Wait, we can't be successful individually without each other, for sure. Yeah. Liz needs to set me good screens. Kayla mm-hmm. needs to hit down shots to open up my lanes. Like, mm-hmm. we just have a full understanding that we're so important to each other's success. And none of us are selfish that we would, I don't know, like, get mad at each other like that. Yeah. Like, we just, like, have an understanding that we just need each other more than we can be individuals. A little bit about, I think this is so funny. We talked about like West Coast, East Coast basketball, but Australian basketball to American basketball. When you first came, you fouled out a hefty amount of your first (laughs) games, girl. So talk to me about that adjustment coming from Australia and your footy background where tackling and all this different (laughs) stuff comes into play now playing in American basketball. 
Yeah, well, I think I'm just an aggressive person first and foremost, but <laughs> definitely didn't help that like we played fever rules. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. the fouling is obviously different. We have a 24 second shot clock, like the 30 second shot clock is new to me. The three point line when I first got there was in for mm-hmm. girls. Mm-hmm. I think it got moved maybe my sophomore year, but like even catching the ball in the backcourt, like that's not allowed in FIBA. Like still mm-hmm. to this day, I will look at Coach Brooks. I'm like, I can go back, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it's very different, but you know, I, I think for me, it was easy in some ways, difficult in others. Mm-hmm. Difficult fouling wise, for sure. Mm-hmm. Easy because I was able to slow my game down. Yeah. Because I think, you know, that, 20, like that, that extra six seconds, especially after you bring the ball up the court, like, in my, our youth days, we would like section it off into like three different, like 24 seconds, 14 seconds and like eight seconds. Like mm-hmm. you would like run the plays and then you have to look for a shot. And then the last eight seconds is like an on-ball screen. Whereas like 30 seconds, like you can develop a pace, a tempo, like you can run your plays. And, you know, like being Virginia Tech, I think we place like emphasis on running our stuff and, mm-hmm. and being thorough and, and precise with it. So I, I found a lot. I'm not even going to hold that. I still probably do. I just, I'm in a position where like, I don't have to fail as much, but yeah, yeah if I, if there's a shot, I might take it. <laughs> you know what? You have to get it out. Honestly, at some <laughs> point you did every now and then just take one, but you come in freshman year, you help Virginia Tech to their first NCAA tournament appearance since 2006. That's a hefty mm-hmm. time to be out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of that comes from that core that you guys built. And then on top of that, you add in Asia Shepard which was huge. She was a big part of that team. And so how was that getting tournament experience so young for that core moving into now what you guys are now and being a starting point guard as a freshman is a lot. Uh So what was that freshman year tournament experience like? Oh my gosh. Okay. So first of all, it's the bubble. It's in San Antonio. That was cool. That was a cool experience. It was cool. For me, my like defining and a game that I will like always, always look back on is when we played Baylor. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. when when they were Baylor, yeah, when like, Alyssa Queen <laughs> Dijonay, they were good, and Coach Mulkey was there. Mm-hmm. So we play them, and we we get beat pretty bad. But I I remember after the game, like Didi Richards fist bumps me, and she's like, "Good job, baby girl." I'm like shaking fist bumping like-, like to see like those girls. I was like, you, "I I watch you all the time." Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like. To play against like those girls, it's like that's who you want to be, mm-hmm. and that's the position that you want to be in. Like I think they were a one seed, and mm-hmm. they were just like coming in and grilling people, like cooking. Yeah. And it's kind of funny because you look back, well, you look forward, and junior year that was us, exactly one seed. Mm-hmm. We're out here like cooking, like we're having like the time of our lives, and I think yeah. it's just like. I don't know, like full circle stuff. Like it gives yeah. me goosebumps, like thinking about it. Like like baby Georgia freshman year would have never, ever imagined any of this happening. Like to be mm-hmm. in a Final Four is like ridiculous. I think yeah. especially too, in women's basketball, it's so difficult because you have those powerhouses. Yes, yes. And I think, you know, like as the years continue, they'll obviously stuff will get mixed up because the game is just advancing so much. But, mm-hmm. you know, like San Antonio and, and being a starting point guard as a freshman, you know, I was just a, I was just a baby. <laughs> and I had to control a whole lot of stuff that I, I yeah. you know, Coach Brooks put a lot of pressure on me, but I'm glad he did because now like I have full confidence in what I can do. And I've seen all these situations before. Mm-hmm. And maybe if I was like on the bench or like not good at taking his feedback, like I don't know where I would be truly, but it's, it's been a pretty cool ride. And I don't know, just like, as I said, like the full circle stuff is yeah. so cool to think about. It's crazy to think that 
just in that two-year span, you guys were able to go from a team that's not really on the radar, playing a powerhouse mm-hmm. like Baylor, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you're the powerhouse. And that's mm-hmm. because of what you guys created with Coach Brooks and that core that mm-hmm. you have. Talking a little bit about your relationship with Coach Brooks, the Coach-PG relationship is so important to the way that the team runs. And so tell me about that turning point when, you know, being a freshman, you got Dee Dee Richards picking you up full court. <laughs> that's a tall task for anybody. So when was kind of that turning point that you felt maybe where you were like, okay, I'm like an extension of Coach Brooks out here. I have confidence mm-hmm. to be able to do what needs to get done. When did that turning point happen? Yeah, it definitely begun like my freshman year. We played NC State midway through the season at NC State. Mm-hmm. And he he put me off ball. Like mm-hmm. he put me as the two guard. He made Shep the one that game. And I think like after that game, like something flipped in my brain and it turned and I just started growing and maturing mm-hmm. more. Sophomore year, same kind of thing. Like I, I was decent, like I was under the radar, like maybe surprising people with a couple of games here and there. But I think like the way that he saw it, he just kept developing my game, growing, like we work out and we'll have individuals, but like a lot of it comes off on the off court stuff, like the mm-hmm. film, the hours that I just go in and just like chat to him, like just like developing that understanding of like, you know, what makes me tick, what makes me mad, like how he can get to me to like really like light like, that fire. Light a, yeah. 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 So it's like, he, he knows he can like look at me in the eyes and be like, okay, like she's upset. Like, Oh, like he can look at me in the eyes and be like, she's distracted. She's not locked in. And like, he's able to just like read that body language. Mm-hmm. But I would say for sure last year was just like personally for me, like the point where I was like, okay, like I'm the point guard that like controls Mm -hmm. everything. I have that ability. I think, you know, freshman and sophomore year was like, okay, I can call out the plays. I can go and talk to him and relay messages. But now it's like, I have an idea. I run to him. I pass it by him. He agrees or doesn't. And then it's like, we just have like an open Mm -hmm. communication and he's, he's let me just develop into someone that can kind of like take the reins a bit, which yeah. is like all you can ask for, really. Yeah, that trust is huge. Being able to feel Massive. like your, your coach has the confidence in you where mm-hmm. you can go rogue. And, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it may not work out, but the majority of the time it is. And I think mm-hmm. that's really special. Talking about your game specifically, that step back is cold. Everybody knows it. And even when I watch you now, like I'm like, oh, she's about to hit him with it. And then the distance that you cover, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Oh, oh, and it's still a bucket. It's wild. When was that always something that you focused on? Like, when did that develop as a part of your game? Because I feel like it's so, it's a really hard Mm -hmm. skill to obtain, especially from the distance that you do it at. I think that naturally I've been gifted with like that, that ability. And I would just like mess around and practice and like hit a couple and it's funny, like whatever. But I think over the summertime and stuff like that, like Coach Brooks was like, no, like let's develop this. And I think a lot of like a lot of this stuff was really my junior year. Like, and mm-hmm. I say that like it was three years ago. It was literally last year. But <laughs> I think you know, just being the height I am, and I just I just can't get off shots like that sometimes. Especially when like towards the end of the year, I started kind of getting a bit more like scoring dominant. Like people mm-hmm. would put their long guards on me, or like they would try and like mess up the game plan, or like do all these things on like screens. And it was just always something in the back of my pocket that I could use because like. Yes, I'll pull it, but like even I think my progression to this year is like I'll do a step back and people bite so hard that mm-hmm. I have like options out of it now. Yeah. yeah so yeah. like a couple of times, like for me to feed it to Liz, like I've done a few step backs to like set it up for like an easy bounce pass. Mm-hmm. It's been more of like a work in progress and a, and a progression. And I think, you know, even last year, I probably relied on it way more than I have this year. But I mm-hmm. think because I set it up so well last year, it has opened up this year 
like so many more options for me, if that makes sense. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Once you get some in your bag, people are biting immediately. Yeah. So now that you have that down, now it's, oh, what's my next decision? Now I can do this mm-hmm. and this and this. It opens up a lot like you talked about. But yeah. talking about your junior year, it was huge. And that leap that you made was incredible, honestly. And so we know we got the three-point shot, all these different things. We got a bit of swag to you as well, as we all know the way you're out there. But you talked about the progression of the step back. In that off season, heading into your junior year, what were your focuses? Was it like, I'm coming in this year, I'm going to be more aggressive? What were you focusing on in the gym with Coach Brooks? I think he has always had way more confidence in me than I have myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think he's always just told me you're that player like you're my point guard like go out and and prove it you're the best player on the floor like go out and prove it and yeah the thing that held me back really was my mental like I've always been like no I'm too humble like I don't want to be like that like oh mm-hmm. I'm not that I'm not all that but I think it flipped last year like during conference play when I was like no for us to be great I have to be great and mm-hmm. I have to think that I'm great and I have to go out and just like have no regrets. Mm -hmm. So like for me, it was a mental shift. I don't think it was really anything physically at all. It's a hundred percent mind over matter. And I know that now, but I would say like, just, I just understood the potential of the team last year and the importance of me having to be the best. Yeah. It's not like I would like go in and be like, Oh, I'm, I'm Georgia Amor. I deserve this. I deserve that. And I was like, I'm Georgia Amor. I'm going, I'm going to prove to, I don't know who it is, but I'm a proof to somebody <laughs> yeah. that we deserve to be where we are. So it was like nothing really physical. It was like literally all mental. Yeah. And I think that's such that mind over matter piece where it's nothing physical, but it's also like you don't want to be that person that's arrogant, right? It's finding mm-hmm. that fine line between confidence. And I think mm-hmm. once you find that, we're hooping. And like you said, mm-hmm. that's when ACC tournament, you have to do that. And that propelled you guys where now you're like, oh, I'm sure you've now figured it out is like me doing that. It not only makes it you know easier for me, but now it's opening stuff up for Kayla. It's opening things yeah. up for Liz, that team mm-hmm. that you guys had. Now Taylor can do what she needs to do. So heading into that ACC tournament last year and all these different things, when do you think maybe you yourself or you as a team were like, oh, we can go to Final Four. Like we're a title <laughs> contending team. We can get there. We have the pieces. I think we fully believed it like okay. all year. Like we were like, okay, we're special, but there's literally a video on our Instagram page and we're at the Georgia tech locker room. It's the last game of regular season. And coach Brooks has on the whiteboard, like ACC champs, sweet 16, elite eight, final four. Mm-hmm. And he circles final four. And he was like, if you guys like believe it and put it together and do what you're supposed to do, like we will be a final four team. Yeah. Like he's always had that belief in us too. And I don't, it, it just got to a point where everything just flowed. Mm-hmm. Like we, you talk about confidence. Like we had, confidence like we fully believe that anytime we stepped out onto the court we were just gonna hoop and mm-hmm. have fun with it it was like a flow state that we had like no one was like oh that's like win a natty blah 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 it was like no like one game at a time like we're gonna come in we're gonna bust ass and we're gonna prove it yeah. and I think the biggest message for us last year was like we're not trying to prove every anyone wrong like we're gonna prove ourselves right mm-hmm. and I think you know especially NCA tournament when we got that one seed and whatever, and people were like, oh, first one seed to bounce, like don't deserve it, stuff like that. Uh-huh. Like we, like we, we peeped it, and that fuels the fire, like, and it did. Uh huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it did because they were saying, yeah, no, it it did. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and we did a really good job at not letting any of that stuff like distract us. More so, 
push us forward. Um, mm-hmm. And I think we were just like so locked in on what we needed to do that. Like I said, like it was a flow state, like there was no and if or buts. Like every time we went out, I had so much confidence in everyone. And when everyone's confident, it's just, yeah. you can do some pretty insane things. It's hard to stop. And mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about the final four, but once you get there, Final Four is different. There's all the antics getting there and there's all the different media days and it's huge. So tell me about the atmosphere at the Final Four and then beyond that, playing LSU. And that's a tough game. So tell me yeah. about the Final Four experience that you guys had. Yeah, so we we play Ohio State late mm-hmm. um, and we're in Seattle and it's we've, we're going to change time differences, yeah. time yeah, yeah, zone, yeah. like three times. And we get on that flight early out to Dallas and we land and there's a DJ and yeah. we're doing media already. And it's just like, it's a shock. Like it's shocked. Like I'm here to play. I wasn't expecting all of this. Mm-hmm. And then we go to like some Nike bus and we get like decked out with gear. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just like so much, but it's like the coolest thing ever. Like it's like the pinnacle of basketball. Like literally you couldn't ask for anything like being in it. Like I was like so flustered and overwhelmed that I wasn't like really soaking it in. But like mm-hmm. re- after like we had lost and I reflected, I was like, wait, no, that's like the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. But yeah. it was like, we had like practices and like, we, we knew that LSU was good. Like mm-hmm. we had confidence in ourselves, but like they were like peaking at the right time. They were playing with such confidence. They were rolling. Like it was going to be like a, a really good matchup in game. And I think, you know, it's not like we forgot that we we're at the final four, but it's like, I, I kind of wish that like at some point during the game, we were like, you no, know, like a championship games on the line. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, we were so focused on that game, but it's like, it's just like the biggest moment of your life that you kind of forget. It's I, like, I completely know what you mean. You're so focused on the game, but it's also yeah. like, oh, the national championship is next, and I'm doing all these different things, and oh yeah. my god, am I here right now? It's so uh-huh. hard to stay focused at the final four. Yeah, and I mean, we were up in that game, and like that's what I wish that we were kind of like, no, like, and Natty is on the line. Yeah, because I think like we just lost our way a bit, and like, mind you, this is not like no diss against LSU. They were great. Mm-hmm. They came out, mm-hmm. they attacked our zone, they figured us out really really quickly and they they played with like probably a little bit more confidence and aggression when they Mm -hmm. started chipping away at our lead and and continuing on but it was a tough game because yeah like I think just being a competitor in general like you always want to win um but it was just like up like upsetting obviously like that big of a thing on the line and you know like you you had it when you feel like you had it and then Mm -hmm. you just lost it like that was like the worst feeling as well but as a women's basketball fan, we went home. I watched the LSU Iowa game, and I was like, "Wow, like it's insane." Yeah, yeah. that was a great Final Four to watch all yeah. of the games, and I think it was really exciting. But coming off a loss in the Final Four, I've been there. That stuff mm-hmm. sucks. Like, there's no easy way about it. That sucks. So you have spring workouts, summer workouts, mm-hmm. and now where you guys are now in a very similar mm-hmm. position to last year. What do you think you guys were able to take from that game that you're now using as motivation to push you into hopefully another Final Four run this year? Yeah, that spring was really hard for mm-hmm, me mm-hmm. because it's like mentally you're so locked in and you've been on the highest of the highs and you've been playing at such a competitive level and now it's like, okay, now I'm back to individuals. Mm-hmm. And it's like just like mentally it was like so – 
I was exhausted, first of all, but like a part of me was like, no, I'm going to get better. I'm going to push because I'm going to do this again mm-hmm. and I want to do this again. So it was like, and also like I had that Kelsey Plum camp, which was yep. great. Yeah. It was, I learned so much. It was so fun playing with all those girls. But then I come home from that. I'm like, okay, now I've had a piece of, you know, these like, girls and I can see how they, yeah, but let's, <laughs> let's go. But like my body's exhausted. I'm not listening to my body. I'm not listening to my mental. So mm-hmm. like that, like I learned so much from that, like trying to prioritize all of that first. Hard summer. I went through it. Coach Brooks can attest to it. Like mm-hmm. I was like in his office, like crying. I don't know what was wrong with me, but I was mm-hmm. just putting so much pressure on myself. Yeah. But like, I'm glad I figured that out. Learned so much from that. And then mm-hmm. just like taking those experiences, like into this year, like, as I said before, like in a similar situation as we were last year and we have like complete control of, you know, everything that can pan out because we are in first position. All we have to do is keep winning. Mm-hmm. And it's easier said than done, but it's not like we're, you know, sitting tied third, tied fourth and, you know, relying on other people's scores to like dictate what's going to happen for us. Yeah. So I think like there's definitely a level of maturity and there's also like Mila's and Kayla, like we, we just know that distractions can be a thing and, and minimizing them is, is peak for, you know, going where you want to go for sure. Yeah, for sure. And it's a hard balance to strike <laughs> coming off a of final mm-hmm. four run doing the dog camp with Kelsey. Like I, <laughs> I'm sure that summer was hard because it's also now you're put on the national stage. And I think people talk about it a lot with, you know, social media and it's like, oh, I don't listen to it, but it's hard. Like you, yeah. you open up, it's, it's, it's a lot to handle and still stay focused. Yeah. Like I had never, ever gotten that attention before. Yeah. 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 And I had never really had expectations and I never had that type of like, Amor does this, Amor does that. Like yeah, spotlights on girls. you. Like, I had never, ever had that before. Mm-hmm. And I like, honestly, I didn't know how to handle it. Yeah. No, but it's, it's sure. hard. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, it's really special to hear that you have that relationship with Coach Brooks to be able to go and have that safe place, be able to go and do all that stuff. It, it, girl, it happens. Been there, mm-hmm. done that. But you mentioned <laughs> Kayla King and Liz. And I want to talk about Liz for a second because I played against Liz at USA Minicamp and I've uh-huh. watched her for a while. And I feel like she doesn't get talked about enough. And she doesn't have that spotlight because like you talked about, she's getting double and triple team and still putting up these numbers. I think the other day Mm -hmm. it was just like, now she leaves the ACC and double doubles all time. Mm -hmm. And it was barely on the news. And like, it's wild to think about. So this is the time I want you to give Liz her flowers, break (laughs) down her game without giving away the scouting report, but just the presence that she brings to the team and the core that she is with you and Kayla for bringing Mm -hmm. Virginia Tech on that map. Yeah. I mean, she's just always been the hardest worker. Like she's so attentive to detail. She always wants to get better. And like, I think just like from an outsider watching it this year, like I think the start of the year was really hard for her because I think last year, like, as you said, like social media, you shouldn't listen to it, but like it can very much like creep into everything. But like last year, you know, she was getting talked about like draft boards, all of that. And Mm -hmm. she comes back and it kind of goes hush. Yeah. Like, as you said, like the, the double doubles and the stats, like she can put up like 29 and 16 and people are like, oh, that's Liz. Yeah. Like, it's, are you it's, serious? It's like, expected. It's expected. But like that, yeah, that's how good she is, is that it's just like so normal for her to, to put those up. And I think as a team, like it's, you have to celebrate that because we could like do it, like say it's like, oh, that's just like Liz being Liz. But like, no, that's like incredible stuff. Like mm-hmm. that opens up everything for everyone else. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of back to what I was saying before with like Kayla, like we all know like that we play such a vital role in each other's success. Mm-hmm. I would not be able to do my stuff without Liz being a dominant force in the paint. Mm-hmm. As 
we said she gets double or triple teamed. Yeah. Like when she kicks it out, it's on us to make those shots to make sure that people don't want to risk that. Yeah. And I think earlier this year, like people weren't really doubling her as much, like kind of playing one-on-one. And then the last couple of games have definitely been hitting her, but on any given night, you just don't know how people are going to try and mess it up. Cause at this mm-hmm. point, like you can't be like, all right, let's double her or like, all right, let's put on an Island. Like teams are trying new things out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, and like they might send two, they might send three, they might stab, they might, I don't know. It, it just gets crazy. So it like for teams to like fully change their game plan and the way that they play for like one player, it's just, that's the biggest compliment you could ever have. Yeah. It's and I think like, because she's not getting that attention from, the media like it's really on us to like make sure that it's known that what she's doing is incredible stuff no i because I, I at the end of the day at the end of the day we're just just some girls that need some love <laughs> and attention and when we you're don't get that right <laughs> you're completely right we're just girls <laughs> but no you're right and i mean you two have a connection the point guard a big and it's such a vital role of your team mm-hmm. but also most team success so mm-hmm. I want you to tell me, you can say yourself for this answer, by the way, who do you feel has the best two-man game in women's college basketball right now? <laughs> well, obviously, like I, okay, I'm going to say like confidence-wise, like yes, me and Liz, like I yeah. think that if you like look at assists and stuff like that, like I, we assist on like each other's shots a lot, mm-hmm. but like I'm also a massive women's basketball fan. Okay, so tell so me, like, tell me, give the shout outs. Bro, like the way that Aaliyah Edwards... Yeah. Just like produces like yeah. her and Paige, quite a duo. Yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you want to talk about like South Carolina, obviously. Once again, why isn't South Carolina getting talked about? Oh like, my gosh. Just it's like similar to Liz, I think it's because that's expected. It's yeah. expected, which is it's like expected. But you still have to hype them up. They deserve yeah. it. Yeah. I'm but like, you. like Raven, Raven Johnson and, and Camille, like just like yeah. <laughs> we have to like appreciate everyone for everything. And it like this is like my thing. Like we can like, I, it's just like not I don't get petty mm-hmm. when people are like oh like you're not the best duo in the nation like these people are yeah they're good yeah like I, I'm not like gonna get like mad at that like let's yeah. as women's sports like raise everyone up like mm-hmm. it, like nothing makes me madder when I like go into Twitter and I see people like going back and forth like hating on people because they support these people mm-hmm. and like because like honestly the person you're hating on is probably best friends with the person on your team Mm-hmm. They probably they probably have conversations. Yeah. Like, it, it's not all that negative. I can guarantee you that. And if people want to continue to be negative, then it's going to create a very toxic environment for sure. No, I completely agree because in the space of women's sports, like you talked about, everybody needs to be lifted up. But you can also have your own opinions while still, like you said, appreciating how great yeah. everyone is. Like, yeah. oh, you know... Oh, this person's better than this person. Blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, that's great. But like, I love her game. And I, I hope she loves watching me play because in reality, she's over here watching your games being like, oh, snap, that was a tough move. Oh, snap, yeah. I'm going to add that to my bag. Oh, da, 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 yeah. da. And I think that as athletes, we experience that camaraderie. But the outside looking in, they're like, oh, this and this, and she's better than that. And oh, she sucks. But like, athlete to athlete, it's all appreciation and love. It's love. Which I, it's all love. Which I wish that more people understood because then like I'm like this Twitter battle that has nothing to do with me. I'm over here living my day to day life. You're going to class doing this and that, doing practice. Like I I have bigger things on my plate, which I 100%. think is something that people need to come to understand. But we talked about Liz and Kayla. Maybe give me a sleeper pick on your own team that people don't talk about enough, but you feel like is a core piece 
that's going to help fuel you guys and hopefully another Final Four run into the ACC tournament. Yeah. First of all, all of them. I love yeah. all of them. But I think someone who's really stepped into their role and has like kind of changed the complexity of like our team is mm-hmm. Olivia Samuel. Mm-hmm. Like Liv has like she's she, a key. the 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 pressure that she puts on the boards, like she might not always get the rebound, but like she just adds that that pressure and she's able to hit that, like some open shots down and, and she's just smart. She gets our plays. Mm-hmm. So like for sure her, but like the like the future of Virginia Tech women's basketball is in Clara Strack's hand. Mm-hmm. Like she's mm-hmm. just, she's a baby. She is a baby and she does some things. I'm like, okay, that's very freshman like, but her reaction and her movements is just like, it's very promising and I'm so excited to see how she develops for these next couple of years. Yeah, no, I think you're completely right. It's not going to end with you guys. There's Mm-mm. lots of people coming up behind. And I think what makes your team special is like you talked about somebody like that who maybe didn't get as much play time last year, coming in, knowing your role, executing it to the highest of your ability makes the entire team run effortlessly, which I think is amazing. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of questions about you right now, Georgia. Are we staying for another year? We've heard you're <laughs> unsure about it. What, what would make you stay? Tell me. Yeah, I mean... As of right now, I'm really unsure, but it's okay. like, it's like the the landscape is, and the decision is just insane to have. Like you want to talk about like NIL and obviously yeah. I'm in a position where NIL is very, very, very difficult to navigate yes. and I, I can't benefit in the States mm-hmm. like other athletes can. But then it's also like the league, it, it's slowly expanding. Like mm-hmm. you look at stuff like that and you like look at... I look at the girls in the league and I'm like, I am your biggest fan. <laughs> like <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's competitive. And obviously like your experience, like you can, you're very much more well-versed on that than I am. But it's like, it's just like, there's so many things to juggle and balance. And mm-hmm. part of you is like, Oh, like the college lifestyle, like I'm on campus and I'm like this, like I'm yeah, that, you're that girl. girl. You're that but girl. it's like, you're like a competitor. So it's like, no, I want to go to the league. I want to learn. Mm-hmm. And I want to do all this and, and compete at a high level. And the WNBA is the peak of women's basketball. So why wouldn't you want to have a crack at it? Mm-hmm. So it's like right now I'm in a position where it's like I'm genuinely thinking pros and cons. Obviously mm-hmm. I have Liz who chose to stay mm-hmm. and I like pick her brain about it. And, you know, it, there's like other girls around the, the league obviously and are in a position where like I've kind of reached out to a couple to say like, hey, like, how are you thinking? Like, I don't, I don't want to know what your decision is, but like, I want to know how you are thinking. Yeah. Cause it like, there's just like a lot to, to think about and some of it matters and some of it doesn't like, yeah. But like, I think the best advice I heard the other day was like, well, like whatever decision you make, make sure you rock with it a hundred percent. Like don't go back and think, oh, I should have done this. I could have done this. Like whatever decision you make, just go through with it. Yeah. You don't want to rush it because that, that's it. So I, I mean, I'm excited to find out. I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Um, we're going to head into our, our next thing is going to be one's got to go. We've done some research on you. So these <laughs> okay. might be a little hard. And this is Australian themed. So just tell me if I pronounce these wrong. But we have Bundaberg lemon, lime, and bitters. Oh, yeah. Okay. A flat white or an up and go chalk ice. Mm-hmm. Which one's got to go? One of them has to go. Yeah. Probably the Uppinger. Oh, okay. Because like, so like flat white, great coffee. Yeah, Bundaberg, yeah, yeah. like lemon lime and bitters, great soda. Like Uppinger is like, if I was like late to a workout, a morning workout, like I would chuck one of them down and like be good to go. Like oh. that's like a replay, like that's like, like a 
it's disgusting, but it says liquid breakfast on Ooh, the thing. No but it was just easy to put down okay. <laughs> so it can go. <laughs> you know, it's okay. Everybody has their things. And then my last one's got to go for you. It's also Australian themed. We have chicken salt, mm-hmm. pods Mars, mm-hmm. and, and peri-peri salt. Oh, this one looks to be a toughie. <laughs> Which one's got to go? Uh-oh. This is the hardest question all day. <laughs> okay, so... There's two there's two salts and one chocolate. So that's really hard. Uh oh. Maybe pods. Purely because I love pods, but like I (laughs) this is very bad. I can eat as much chicken salt and not worry about anything, but if I eat so many pods, like I will be packing on the poundage. Understood. Understood. Okay. And that's just not very athlete of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're elite here. So we can't be doing that. (laughs) Um, now I want to talk about your own podcast. A quick shout out to you and Liz, Queens of the Castle. Where'd the idea of the podcast start? First of all, thank you. Great. Mm-hmm. I, I love being on this platform. This is women <laughs> uplifting women. Yes, we already talked about it. We need it. <laughs> but this idea, it was last year and it was before, honestly, like any of the run happened. Like it was a great time to start it because we went on such a run and we got yeah. such attention that it kind of just everything just benefited from it. But I mean, the start of last year, it was Liz's senior year and she didn't know if she was going to stay or not. Mm -hmm. And it was like, if if we just had like a virtual diary to just like go back in 20 years and be like, hey, like this is where we're at. Like it would be like so cool to look on. And like, obviously digital footprint is a real thing, positive Mm -hmm. and negative. Yes. But it's there. Our memories are there. Like we can go back and watch it. And not only that, but like we just develop a relationship with the people in the community and people genuinely like come up to us and like as they should, they think they know us better or like they think they can come up to us and like start a conversation because we have that personality or they already have like a idea of us because of like how natural it is on the podcast. So it's like, it's just more inviting for people to come to us and and talk. You talked about it being a digital diary. Mm -hmm. I love that idea because first of all, I'm a yapper. And so Mm -hmm. I love being able to like look back, but tell me about like your favorite part about having a podcast, obviously getting to look back at it, But is it, for me, like, I really enjoy getting to know people. And so, like, with you being competitors, being across the country, we don't get to talk all the time. But, like, getting to pick your brain, getting to know you as a person. And one of the reasons I love doing this pod is because, like, now fans get to have an inside look at you. And it's the Mm -hmm. exact reason that you talked about where now they're going to follow even more. And they're like, oh, my gosh, Georgia likes this. I like this, too. Georgia likes Mm -hmm. Spotify. Oh, my God. Now I'm going to listen to her Spotify playlist. It's like the little things about us that make us so special. So what would be your favorite parts about having a podcast, especially with somebody as close to you as Liz? Mm -hmm. Like, as you said, like the little things. Like when I was a little girl and I would be like, okay, this is my favorite athlete. This is my favorite singer. Like, I want to know what you have for breakfast. Like, for sure, sorry to be a creep, but like, if I like aspire to be you, like, I'm gonna want to know like a, yes. a lot about you and yeah, like picking people's brains. And I think also it's just a great resume builder for sure <laughs> to be able to like have conversations with people yeah. and, and it be natural and flowing. And you have to organize so much. Like, I'm sure you go through. You have to like set up times. You have to reach out to people. You have to like break that comfort and plan the show and do research on people and it's just like there's a level of professionalism to it that is like it helps like with life schools really well i mean shoot i need to come on queens the castle just let, let me, me get know. on and chat i mean we let have me to check the numbers slide in the dms again i'm here yep. but we're gonna slide into our last section here which is the vibe check and it's gonna be rapid mm-hmm. fire questions so give me your quickest responses as possible it's okay if, if it's not as 
You've been doing great so far, so it's going to be great. Thanks. Okay. So what's the drill you never want to see on the practice plan? Fast break or shoot. Oh, that already sounds horrible. Is that like <laughs> like full court stuff? It's going like, on? yeah, so it's like, it's either five, four, three, two, one, or one, two, three, four, five. So it's like everyone has to get a layup. So it's oh, like the point no. guard. Yeah, but it's like sometimes it'll be like, all right, 26 seconds on the shot clock. Uh, so I'm out here like Tom Brady, like baseball go! passes. Yep. Yes. Okay. Yep. Understood. Um, game winning <laughs> shot or game winning steal? Uh, shot. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking for you. I better be a step back or something wild. Too. Yeah. Okay. A group TikTok or solo TikTok? Group. Group. Where's the toughest place to play on the road? And tell me why. Oh, oh my gosh, these are tough. They're all so tough. Mm-hmm. Probably Louisville. Louisville. The Yum Center's pretty big. Yeah. But also, like, I'm, I'm saying that, and, like, when we went – sorry, the quick answers, whatever. No, go ahead. When I was doing that red shirt year, we went there, and I wasn't playing, but I was watching, and that's when it was, like, Dana Evans and – Oh, jeez. Like, everyone was lit there, and I was like, yeah. like this, is, this is cool. You're like, this is lit. This is mm-hmm. lit. Okay, mm-hmm. who's the biggest trash talker? It could be on your team or somebody else. Haley Van Luth. She is a trash talker. She is. You're right. You be talking out there. I be seeing you chirping. What's your best trash talk line? Oh, I just, I'm a mocker. Like if uh, someone's like, if someone's like switch or like, you know, like pick, like, because obviously it, there's no doubt about it. Me and Liz are going to do a pick and roll. So if yeah, you're going to yeah. communicate something about that and we hit the shot and we'll be like, okay, you know it. <laughs> you try something else. It, it, yep. it ain't work, clearly. Okay. Okay, this is a little controversial here. Who's the biggest flopper? Mm, I'm scared to flop. I would say myself. Oh, but okay. after these new flop after these new flop laws, I'm a bit scared. Yeah, a little nerve wracking now. Okay, flop. I see. I mean it, it was Taylor Soul too. That woman oh, was crazy. She can sell it. Let me tell you. She can sell it. Okay. Who's the hardest player to guard? Caitlin Clark. I didn't mm. do much garden. I didn't do much garden. I did a lot but of switching. Yeah, a lot of switch. But I was switch. I was please. watching. <laughs> okay, understood. What's your favorite in-game celebration? Because you got a lot. We've seen them. Okay. Threes. Yeah. Just the, the, the threes. There's, there's so many ways to do it. Yeah, there's a lot of variations. Keep you on your toes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, your biggest basketball ick? Oh, it would probably just be like flopping. Or, no, let's talk oh. about it. Uh-huh. When you know, you, you, she knows she hit the ball out of bounds. So why are we oh, acting? Yes. Because why are you lying? They're going to put on lying? the replay. They're going to yeah. put on the replay. And now, That's yeah, a good it's one. embarrassing. That's embarrassing. I agree. That's a good one. Okay, do you have a celebrity lookalike, and who is it? Well, I got asked this at the Final Four, and I said Dua Lipa, which is so not true. But if I could look like anyone, it would be her, because she is a woman. <laughs> she is a woman. I, I don't, I don't think I have a lookalike, though. I like the Dua Lipa one. I'm here for it. <laughs> okay. Um, Please, I want I to reinforce, I do not think I look okay, like okay. her. I but wish like, I looked like but her. But like, we would want to be a Dua Lipa. Manifest it. Okay, yeah. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If you could pick a two-on-two teammate, not one of your current teammates, it could be anybody, who would you pick? Cameron Brink. Ooh, good one. We've gotten Cam a few times. That's good. Yeah. Your favorite pregame hype song? It was Talk That Talk, but right now, ooh, I have a whole playlist. Oh, okay, maybe we'll just drop the playlist. We'll just yeah, drop, I'll drop the playlist. Just go okay. to my Spotify. Yeah. Literally called pregame must-haves. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Okay. And what's your best impersonation of Coach Brooks? For me personally, he can just like give me like an the eyes. Oh, okay. You have like a little connection. I'm, I'm like, you know. You know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's good. 
Well, yeah. Georgia, Queen of the Castle, half of Queen of the Castle, thank you so much for coming on the pod. It has been such a pleasure. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Honored oh. to be reached out by you, oh, my queen. Oh, stop. <laughs> well, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode of Sometimes I Hoop. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Sometimes I Hoop. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Haley.Jones, that's no I in Haley, and three S's in Jones, to get all the Sometimes I Hoop content. You can also watch the episodes on the Players' Tribune YouTube page. Thanks again for all your support. The Players' Tribune.com.